it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And hello from the great state of Texas, where we are standing firm against the woke lunacy and the far-left idiots whom the Democrats I grew up with wouldn't even recognize as Democrats today. Hi there, I'm Paul Gleiser from incredibly proud Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB in Tyler Longview, Texas. I'm sitting in for Jimmy today, and I really want to air it out with you at 888-788-9910. Write that down or put it in your phone, 888 888- 788-9910. And a note for you folks listening on my home station, KTBB, you might have heard me saying what I'm about to say here earlier this morning on my You Tell Me Texas segment. You can get that at youtellmetexas.com. If that's the case, bear with me for the benefit of everybody else. Okay, so unless you just woke up uh, from sleeping off a week-long bender, you know three things. First, you know that Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg indicted former President Donald Trump on 34 felony counts. Second, you know that the indictment is so lacking in substance as to be laughable were it not for the fact that it has grave implications for the future of the republic. And third, you know that Donald Trump has enjoyed a big boost in the polls and that a big wall of campaign cash is rolling in. So if you know these things, and you do, I'm going to spare you a rehash except to add my voice to the chorus of people who have been saying that in two and a half centuries of our history, no former U.S. president has been indicted. You might recall that Gerald Ford knowingly kneecapped his chances for re-election by pardoning his predecessor so that the country might be spared the agony of prosecuting Richard Nixon. And in that vein, though she was never president and he never got credit for it, Donald Trump quickly quashed the idea of prosecuting Hillary Clinton following the 2016 election, even though she had very clearly committed multiple felonies. We in America have, for the most part, wisely avoided prosecuting the political opposition, even if they committed prosecutable crimes, because we don't want to become like the autocratic dictatorships of, um, say, Vladimir Putin and and, uh, Xi Jinping, and we don't want to descend into third-world hellhole status where politically driven prosecutions are how they do things. All to say that if we're going to break with tradition and we're going to indict Donald Trump, a former president, that indictment has to clearly and undeniably lay out in a way that a fourth grader can understand that a serious crime worthy of serious punishment has been committed. Bragg's indictment doesn't even come close. Here he is trying to explain the inexplicable. Here's where we're going to run into legal problems, because the indictment does not say what that second crime is, which is completely inexplicable to me. The entire point of an indictment is to tell the defendant, here's what you're charged with, here's what you're defending against. There's the facts and the law. The the, the facts as laid out today uh, could be a compelling argument. But before they even get there, they're going to have to overcome the legal issues. Question one. What is the crime that prosecutors are alleging escalated this from a misdemeanor to a felony? If I had to characterize it, it's disappointment. I think everyone was hoping we would see more about the direction that they intend to take this prosecution. I had hoped that there would be more uh, in the indictment. 
Yeah, I'm sure they are. What? So what is the other crime or the other crimes that Trump was attempting to cover up? I read the indictment, the entire 16 pages. It does not say a word as to what the other crimes are. And, and listen, as to Bragg's sanctimonious bloviation about not tolerating a crime, I mean not tolerating crime, give me a break. If you're in a bad mood and you just feel like punching someone, go to New York. Get a t- plane ticket, go to New York. You can go punch somebody. You'll feel better. You'll be out on the street, free to go about your business later that day. Crime is skyrocketing in New York as a result. What Bragg is saying is a total crock, and his case is embarrassingly weak. Even the lefties on CNN and ABC can't escape that. You heard them there crying in their soup about it. But back to the matter at hand. This indictment of Trump is purely political. Bragg ran on it, and the politics at the moment actually appear to be helping Trump. You can argue that Alvin Bragg's idiotic indictment all but assures Trump's nomination in 2024. But does the GOP really want Trump as the nominee? And is Bragg smarter than we're giving him credit for being? Is he, with the approval and perhaps the cooperation of the Democratic establishment, trying to boost Trump among Trump's base so as to secure Trump the nomination in the belief that the Dems have a better chance of beating Trump in 2024 than they might have against, say, Ron DeSantis? Because here's the deal for us who are not crazy left-wing nuts. It's not about Trump. It's not now, nor should it ever be, about whether Trump wins. The only thing that matters is that the country wins. Jimmy says that all the time here on Fox Across America. We want to play for Team USA. We want the country to win. That's not going to happen if Biden or some other far-left Democrat, if Biden's not up to it, wins the Democratic nomination. And far-left Democrats are the only kind that can get nominated. Trump deserves credit for the successes of his presidency. His record speaks for itself. He had the booming economy, the full employment, the reversal of the decades-long decline of the middle class. We had energy independence. We had respect on the world stage. Trump's policies aided and abetted all those good things. But here's the problem for Donald Trump, and here's the problem for all of us who, would, who enjoyed the, the good things about the Trump presidency. There is some sobering math that looms over a prospective Trump 2.0. Here here it is. According to Gallup, the American electorate is divided into three groups. About 28% of voters are committed liberals. They vote for Democrats no matter what. They consume corporate mainstream media because corporate mainstream media gives them what they want. You can argue immutable facts with them all day long. Facts simply bounce off. An almost identical proportion of voters, 27%, according to Gallup, are committed conservatives. They vote for Republicans. They consume corporate mainstream media, too, because it's hard not to. But they also watch Fox News, and they listen to radio stations like the one you're listening to now. So that leaves 44% in the big, mushy middle. They like to call themselves independents or moderates. What media they consume is mostly the same media that Democrats consume. That means they're probably not well informed on such things as Hunter Biden's influence peddling as revealed by his infamous laptop. They're not read in on the FBI's intentional interference 
in the 2016 campaign, actual interference in the 2016 campaign, not the alleged Russian interference that they cobbled up and tried to sell to the American people through leaks to the media, but actual interference in the 2016 campaign. The FBI was complicit in that. And then they were complicit in interference with Trump's presidency once he was elected and sworn in. Those in the mushy middle aren't up to speed on that story. I have friends in the mushy middle who still think that the Mueller investigation should have uncovered something. They still think that Ru- that Trump colluded with Russia to steal the election. The, pro- the problem with moderates is they're not ideologically committed. They're not that political. They don't keep up with the issues the way you and I do. And that means they're more likely to vote personality over policy. And even though I think that's a dumb way to pick a president, it's a dumb way to pick anybody who's going to make policy that affects your life, it is nevertheless exactly what happens. And it's also true, and this is an immutable fact, that these are the people who get to decide who's going to be president. It's not you and me on the right. It's not the people on the left. It's in the mushy middle. Those are the people who decide who's going to be president. If 51% of them vote for the Democrat, the Democrat wins, plain and simple. And there lies the problem for Donald Trump, and by extension, all of us who just cannot bear the thought of a second Biden term. The margin between victory and defeat is microscopically small. Every vote is precious. Say what you will about the integrity of the 2020 election or lack thereof. The difference between a Trump victory and a Biden victory boiled down to just 40,000 votes spread over six counties in four states. 40,000 votes out of just under 155 million votes cast. That works out to less than three-tenths of one percent. Like I say, a microscopically small margin. And so here's the thing. A lot of mushy middle voters just can't stomach Donald Trump. They suffer from what, a, newly, a newly named disease. They suffer from, from TDF, Trump drama fatigue. Unless Trump undergoes a personality transplant, and I don't think that's going to happen, there's real risk that the drama that constantly follows him either pushes those critical marginal voters toward Democrats or it causes them to stay home. Either way, the same bad thing happens. And that means the Democrat nominee, whomever that is, and I'm not going to bet heavily that it's Joe Biden, but it could be, but whomever the Democrat nominee is, wins. And that means the country loses. And as we've been saying, the only thing that matters here is that the country wins. So here's the question on the floor I want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. With that math in your head, and no matter how big a Trump fan you might be, How comfortable are you with Trump being the 2024 nominee? You love Trump. He's the best. Great. But can he win in 2024? Or are you frightened by the same thing I'm frightened about? And that is that that we that Trump wins the nomination and loses the general. Today's a good Friday. Today is good Friday. A lot of people have the day off. The markets are closed. So you have time to talk to me here on Fox Across America, America, 888. 788-9910. We have a great show coming up today. At the bottom of Hour 2, we have Representative uh, Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin. He sits in the House Judiciary Committee. We'll talk to him about Alvin Bragg's grandstand indictment, among other things. Then at the bottom of Hour 3, we have Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. Always a great guest. And through it all, we have you. 
at 888-788-9910. So let's air it out to wrap up the week here on Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser. I'm sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I want to hear from you, and we're going to do that and get off and running right after this. So stick around. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It's Paul Glodger sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. Let's don't waste any time. Let's go to the phones. Joe in New York, you're first up. What's on your mind? I'm a big advocate of Donald Trump. He is the only one capable of writing the ship. And if he gets the nomination, the entire Republican Party needs to back him. Because if they don't, they are no better than the Democrats. That's Joe, your let me... party. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you finish your thought. Go ahead, Joe. That's your party. You need to stand behind your party. You can't split the vote. You can't split the party, especially with um, Trump's ideas. Again, this country was in never, never in better shape than when Donald Trump was in office. And I and I believe because of his thick skin, he's the only one capable of writing the ship. But the only well, way that's going to happen is with a hundred percent support from his party. Let me take so without let, let that. Me, without that, we're going to be status quo. Okay. Well, let me just just for the purpose, pure purpose of discussion and devil's advocacy, let me take issue just to push back on you on two things. Number one. Our system of government was never supposed to be, it was specifically not supposed to be, a government of of men. It was never it never was to, could, supposed to boil down to only one guy can do the job. We're not a we're not a, a nation of men, we're a nation of laws. So it can't just be one guy. That's not a system. That's not Donald Trump is not gonna live forever. It, no person is gonna live forever. It can't boil down to just one guy that can write the ship. The, it, the, the republic is lost if you boil it down to one guy. And number two, 
I think the, the Republicans need to get behind whomever they nominate. I totally agree with that. My fear is not Republicans, Joe. My fear is those independents in the middle. If they break 1%, 51% versus 49 if just a tiny fraction of them decide that they can't stomach Trump because they're suffering TDF, Trump, Trump fatigue syndrome, or uh, TFD, if they're, if they're suffering Trump fatigue syndrome, or if they, are, um, if they just stay home, then we lose. I agree, and, and, and I agree we are not a one-guy one um, government, but I believe he, he can start the process. And then we have some good people, good upcoming people. I like Ron DeSantis. I don't think it's his time. And, again, if Trump gets the nomination, he needs to get the support of DeSantis. He needs to get the support of everybody that does not agree with the current policies. Okay, well, I, you know, I agree with you. If he becomes the nominee, if the people in the primaries across the country select Trump as the nominee, I believe that the Republicans ought to get behind him the way the Democrats get behind whomever the nominee is. The Democrats are much better at this than we on, we on the right are. I'll give you all of that. I still, I'm still going to say I, I think everybody needs to consider, no matter how much you like Trump's presidency, and I'm one of those people. Trump was great for business. He was great for the country. He was great on foreign policy. He, his, from a policy standpoint, Trump had a very successful presidency. My fear is that he has come to the place, and the and the circumstances have brought us to the place where he will be really, really hard to elect in the general election in November of 2024. And if that happens, then all is lost. Four more years of this, and we are really in deep trouble. And that's my fear about Donald Trump. It's not because I disagree with his, from a policy standpoint, I'm all over him on policy. I'm not sure I'm all over him as the candidate for 2024. Okay. I, well, again, I've I've said my my piece. I'm um, I'm pulling for him. Well, Joe, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that perspective. What do you say to Joe? Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Listen, this is a little invitation. I write a weekly column called "You Tell Me Texas." It could be you, you don't have to be in Texas. You could be "You Tell Me America." Uh, it, the reason we call it that is I say what's on my mind, invite you to comment. It's at youtellmetexas.com. And I wrote on this subject this very morning. I'm talking about this right now. Interesting article in Rolling Stone yesterday. I don't know who their sources are, but let's assume that they got some sources. They say that Trump's lawyers are begging him for restraint um, because I, I think they would have to beg him for restraint. I think one of the problems, one of the one of the... Nobody's perfect. I think one of Donald Trump's faults is he just can't moderate himself. He Donald Trump is will 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 speak out when silence would serve better. I think it's just something about him that he can't control. If I were his attorneys, I would I'd tie him to a chair and duct tape him. If I'm trying to defend him in court, if I'm trying to win a case that's being prosecuted against him, and I'm afraid that 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 tendency what what his lawyers are begging him to do is what we voters need to beg him to do, exercise some restraint. That shtick worked when he was an outsider candidate 
riding down the escalator in 2015, he has since been the president of the United States, and he needs to act like it. It's the thing that they call wearing the suit. What do you think? 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show's coming up. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. Listen, one of the deals when uh, when I, Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, uh, sits in for Jimmy Fallon and does the show, one of my deals is I'm not going to do it all by myself. I need help. I need your help. So give us a call, 888-788-9910. Want to hear from you? Donald Trump is the 2024 nominee. Good idea or bad idea? Donald Trump, you can you can love him, but the the real fear, and if you if you don't take account of it, you're um, you're not being realistic. The real fear is that he can easily win the nomination, but lose the general, and that gets us four more years of Biden or or somebody that could even be worse. Although that's hard to imagine. So what do you think about that? Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. We're going to put that question to Scott in Texas. Scott, you're next up on Fox Across America. Thanks for calling. Good morning, Paul. Yes, sir. Uh, you seem to be overlooking the voter fraud completely. It doesn't matter what the moderates do or what anybody does until you get a handle on the voter fraud. Trump won in a landslide. Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes. Are you familiar with Jay Valentine? Yeah, I am. But let me let me just let's just back up. Not at all overlooking the voter fraud. I'm saying that if, with that as a factor, with the other side gaming the system, that makes each marginal vote even more critical. You have it to have every matter, vote. It doesn't matter, Paul. They're going to cheat. They're going to cheat enough to win. It doesn't matter what we do unless we get a handle on. It. Well, then let's just let's just shut down the show and quit talking about it. If you believe that, then all is lost. I'm sorry. That's what I believe. And it seems that the people in charge of the, uh, the Republican leadership just wants to ignore it and go on. But if Let you me do tell it, you what, the, be, they got the, away with it once. What makes you think they're not going to keep doing it? Well, they're going to listen. I think, listen, voter fraud and, and, and cheating in elections is a is a time honored tradition. We uh, we did a good job of it here in Texas in the 60s. Uh, or in the late 50s, a actually. A honored tradition? Are you kidding me? I'm, when somebody's stealing my vote, I'm, 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 a, I'm a definitely upset about it. Scott, that was, a, that was a facetious statement when I said time-honored tradition. It's gone on for a long time is the point. That's how Lyndon Johnson got elected to the Senate, by the way. So it happens. And, and the only way that you're going to get voter fraud and, 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 and let's call it what it should be, election integrity done, is to win this next election. That's the only way you're going to even begin to address it. This election has to be won by the Republican nominee. If you don't win this election, then Lord knows what happens. And I am all on board with the following things about the 2020 election. Number one, they changed the rules because of COVID, and the changing of the rules certainly opened the door to the possibility of rampant fraud. Number two, you had a whole lot of mail-in votes that were cast where there was not a not a, an intact chain of custody. That opens the door to questioning, are they legitimate ballots? There's a whole lot of things about the 2020 election that cause you to say, how is that right? And we can't have elections where there's any question at all. 
And if you truly care about the country, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, what you want is a fair and accountable election. I totally agree with all of that. But I'm back to, in order to get that process going, you have to win this coming election. It has to happen. And I'm afraid, I'm moving around in the circles in which I move, I hear a whole lot of people that would nominally vote for a Republican. They're not that political and they're not that ideologically driven, but all things being equal, they would vote for a Republican who simply cannot bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump because of all of the drama that he brings. And that is my concern, and I think it's a, a real concern, and I think everybody ought to realistically Look upon it as a real concern and carefully consider who you want as the nominee at this moment in time under these conditions. Scott, appreciate your call. Debbie in Ohio, you're next on Fox Across America. What say you? Hello, do you hear me? I do, Debbie. What's what's on your mind? Okay, hold on. One, sorry, one second. All right. We're, okay. We got right, time here. We go. Hi. All right, good. Sorry about that. I was in my car. Um, yeah, so I I voted for Donald Trump twice, um, and I would vote for him again if he's the nominee. But with that being said, I do not think he should be the nominee. I agree with you 100%. I think we're at a, a place in our nation where there's a lot of division, and I think Trump stirs that up. Now, I think well, Joe Biden stirs that up as well, but I don't think uh, either one of them should be candidates, on, uh, fortunately. Well, it remains to be seen if Joe Biden will be the candidate. You know, he was supposed to have right. announced right after the State of the Union that announcement. Had, right. State of the Union has come and gone. That didn't happen. Uh, we probably getting, forgot to announce it. We, what, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true. Well, uh, well, I don't remember that happening. What, whatever. I mean, we don't know what we don't know what Biden's intentions are. It's hard looking at him. Just, right. yeah, I mean, let me tell you who Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is my uncle Jim, a member of my family. You know, yeah. Went oh. down. We, I think everybody, a lot of people, most people have somebody in their family that that at the end of their lives look the way Joe Biden looks now. That we, yes. most people have that member of their family. It's in my case, it's my yes. uncle Jim, and it's my dad. I know what it looks like, and I'm Me looking too. at it when I see Joe Biden standing there in the lectern. I see it when right. I see him walking. I see him with, you know, right. with the, dro- the droopy eyes and the whole. I've seen it before. Yes, I agree. And I do, cannot imagine how he is up to an actual campaign where you have to actually go out and campaign and leave your basement. He won because COVID provided him the cover to run the whole campaign from his Delaware home. No, I, yes, you're right. That COVID was was a, helpful to him, that's for sure. It was, it was a gift to the Democratic Party. Uh, so I don't know that right. Biden's going to be the nominee, but if it's not Biden, it'll be some other far-left loon. Right, 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 right. Somebody they push through. Yeah, I agree. And the, yeah, the, I think that uh, – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, that's okay. Finish your thought. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I think that, you know, um, we're at a place now where America is divided, Right. We're probably 50-50 nation, which means that whoever the candidate is, they have to address both sides. They can't, they can't just be so one-sided. We have our opinions. We have our views. But if you, if you look down at the issues a lot, you have your extreme left and your extreme right. But you have the moderate Democrats and the moderate Republicans that are not that different. 
So that's, I think that we need to, we need somebody that can look across the aisle. We need somebody that can stand strong for what they believe, but look across at the other side. And we can't just keep blaming Democrats and Republicans. I mean, I feel sometimes when I listen to Joe Biden that as a Republican, I'm hated. And the, the president of the United States shouldn't be that way. And I think Donald Trump does a little bit of that, too, too much of that. I think Donald I think Donald Trump lacks the genius of Ronald Reagan who was able to be a warrior for the right while with a smile on his face uh and um, a, a sunny aspect and demeanor about him and that's what made him effective and that's how he won 49 out of 50 states in uh, in 1984 I mean go you want to see something you want to see something fun go to 270towin.com you can call up historical uh, electoral college maps and look at the map that is a that is a sea of red save for um, uh, Walter Mondale's home state of Minnesota where Ronald Reagan took 49 out of 50 states but Ronald Reagan had a sunny aspect about him and that's what Donald Trump lacks and Donald Trump reflexively says things where he if he would be much better served to just let it go and be above it and that's my problem with him too. That's why I do not think it, I do not think I want him as our candidate um, this this time around. All right, as Debbie, much as look, I like what he's done, I just don't think it's going to help us at all. I thought he was a good president. I thought his presidency was successful. I'm not sure his candidacy in 2024 will be, and that's a key key distinction. Debbie, appreciate your call. Hey, Bruce in Florida. Yo, Bruce, uh, you're next on Fox Across America. What say you? I say I my feelings are very hurt. Uh-oh. You talk about your Uncle Jim and you describe me. <laughs> I'm 90 years old. I'm blind. I'm crippled up. I rodeoed 15 years and broke everything there was to break. So I deserve a little respect. Sometimes. All right. Well, respect <laughs> being duly noted. But I tell you what, Bruce, you, you, you sounds like you have your wits about you much better than my poor Uncle Jim did by the end of his life. Well, then you can change when you tell people that story. Just say, just change his name to Bruce. Okay. Well, so Bruce, what do you say about all of this? You've lived long enough to have some perspective. Well, I say that you're pretty much on, but on the on the right on the top of stuff. You're a pretty smart guy yourself. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a small little rich kid who can't keep his mouth shut. He don't know when to shut up. He pissed off everybody in the world. Uh, I don't know how he's got any fans left. He's, uh, I wouldn't vote for him. Um, I didn't vote for him last time because just because of that. Well, who did you vote I, for? I voted for a, a young lady uh, that ran. On, uh, she ran alongside of him. And got some votes. Some votes. Um, she was a senator from. I'm trying to think of her name now. I've got dementia. I have a little trouble with my memory sometimes. Uh, Jojo Hansen. That was okay. Well, it it doesn't matter because you know you you voted for you, you you didn't vote for Trump and you didn't vote for the Republican and that's effectively a vote for the Democrat. Well, and, yeah, I, but but you're illustrating. But you're you're making my point, though, you, you, uh, Bruce. You're making my point 
that that's the fear that you have if you have somebody as polarizing as Donald Trump has become on the ballot. You you, you run the risk that um, you default into the other into the other nominee. Absolutely. There's you... no way Donald Trump's ever going to win the presidency again. Well, he's, he's, I don't know that. I don't know that. Say there's. I don't know that I'd say there's no way, but I have a I have a great well, fear that it's that it's a that it's a long putt this time. It, it would be a long shot. I I agree with that. Yeah, there's a chance. There's always a chance. Well, well, um, Bruce, um, how are you going to how are you going to spend your Easter weekend? Are you going uh, Are you going to go play golf? You sound like a spry guy to me. Uh, You're in Florida. That's what you. That's what. That's what older people do in Florida. They go play golf. Well, actually, I, I come here. Uh, Four years ago, they drug me here from Arizona because I got pretty sick. Uh, I stayed in the hospital for four months, and it kind of took things out of me a little bit. I well, had a five-way bypass. I broke my back twice. I broke my I, I broke my <laughs> neck four times. Uh, I've been beat up, <laughs> but I'm going to make it to I'm going to make it to a hundred. All right. Well, I'm, we're all counting on that, Bruce, and we uh, <clears throat> we wish you the very best and um, have a great Easter weekend. Thanks for your call. There he goes, the great Bruce in Florida. Jeff in Michigan, we got time to fit you in. One more caller here before the break. Jeff, what's on your mind? Hey, Paul, um, just a few comments, and uh, you guys are much brighter than me, but I think a lot of you are delusional that are in your position. First of all, I, I believe that if Donald Trump doesn't win, the deep state wins and the country's done forever. Um, and secondly, people have to have enough common sense to understand every conspiracy from the Russia hoax to all of that stuff that they've thrown at Trump has been deployed by the deep state. Just like the division that our country is experiencing now, that's a deep state tactic to keep us divided. So if Donald Trump wins the nomination, but he was to lose the primary, it's the result of the deep state. You mean lose the general if he wins the oh, nomination? Excuse me, lose the general, yeah. Right. Um, it, that would be a result of the deep state and people not supporting somebody who's going to take our country in another direction that we know is better than where we're at. So I think a lot of people are delusional. They're running on emotions instead of looking at the facts. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Jeff. I agree with you. A lot of people are voting uh, voting on pure emotion. They're voting their feelings instead of the facts. They're they're voting personality over po- policy. And but I'm back to that's going to happen. And we we have voters who are voting against their own self interest at a greater degree than I've ever seen, purely because be, pure. I mean, I think a lot of it because of their visceral reaction to the to the manner and demeanor and behavior of Donald Trump. Well, he's an outsider so he doesn't fit the profile for a professional politician. I agree and with American, that. Americans have to make a choice. Do we want smoke blowing up our keisters for another 4 years whether it's Biden or DeSantis or whoever and I I'm not opposed to DeSantis, but I think Trump being the outsider he is and I think him being the reckless gunslinger that he is is exactly what the nation needs. And if he is not exactly what the nation needs, please explain to me why the deep state, which is both Democrat and Republic inhabited, tell me why they're fighting so hard against him if he's not exactly the antidote 
to their nonsense. Well, what certainly if he if he the person is not the antidote, he the policy guy absolutely is the antidote. And absolutely. The, and 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 the fact is, the fact is, you know, we I've said this before. You can go read it at youtellmetexas.com. We've been getting screwed by the political establishment in Washington for the past three decades. And Trump was the first guy to, to really shine a light on that. And for that, I give him everlasting credit. Hey, listen, I've got a scoot. Appreciate your call. That frees up a line. 888-788-9910. More of Fox Across America. Paul Glasser sitting in. Coming up. Stay with us. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I own damn fries. Donald Trump stands indicted for 34 felonies in New York. I say it's a total crock, but he here's his real crime. It happened on the occasion of his inauguration. Here's the crime he committed. He said this at his inaugural address in 2017. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the reward. prospered but the jobs left and the factories All right. closed what donald trump said was he called out the establishment he said simply that they've been screwing us now for uh, 30 years and he said it out loud and as a result of that he has been attacked from all sides because he said it out loud and he can't be forgiven for it that's his real crime and that's why they have uh, they have attacked him so viciously from the time he took the oath of office, really from the time he rode down the escalator. And what Donald Trump, that was a great thing that he did. The mistake that he's that he's made is is reacting the way he does after and the way he has after he became president once he became president he had the bully pulpit he could be above it he could stand above it and be a could be a more statesmanlike than he was and he didn't and that is the problem that's why i'm worried about him as the candidate in 2024 what do you think 888-788-9910 it's paul gleiser sitting in for jimmy Fallon here on fox across america there's more coming up next hour Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon from Fox Across affiliate KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas. And I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. So yesterday, yesterday, the White House releases a report that says that uh, the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, oh, it wasn't our fault. It's the, it was Trump's fault. We didn't do anything wrong. It was because of what Trump handed us, and that's why it went down the way it did. Let's flash back to August of 2021. Joe Biden being questioned by Fox News Channel's Peter Ducey about the about the death of uh, of 12 Marines in that catastrophic pullout. Here's what he said. Cut one. There had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. 
do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. Okay, that was the story in August of 2021. The story yesterday is, was it our fault? It was Trump's fault. Re-elect this guy, and you're going to get more of this kind of crap. So the question is, what do you do to avoid re-electing Joe Biden or someone like him? 888-788-9910. Is Trump the guy for that? Is he the guy that keeps Joe Biden from getting a second term? Or do we need somebody else in light of all the things that are swirling around Donald Trump? I want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. Right now, I want to hear from Scott. He's in Tennessee. Scott, you're next. What's up? Hey, Paul. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call here. Yes, sir. Um, I got to echo what you said earlier at the very beginning of your segment. You talked about the percentages, and I think you are absolutely on the money. Uh President, former President Trump is so strong with his base. Uh, I've never seen anything like I've ever seen flags like I have, the rallies, all the people. Um, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to get the Republican nomination. But the swing voters are going to make the decision. And I don't think any swing voters out there are ever going to try and vote again for a president who was impeached by Congress, who's under investigation for January 6th riots. He's, he just has too much baggage. He will lose the swing vote, and I think as soon as he announced that he was running in 24, the Republican Party lost, and I voted for him twice. I call it Trump drama fatigue. I just I just coined it. It's going to go into the, into the manual of diagnoses. Trump drama fatigue. I think yeah, a lot I, of – I ahead. believe I've heard Trump dis, – uh, Trump disarrangement syndrome or TDS. Well, that's, yeah, that's the, that? We've had that. TDS we've had. This is a new, a new diagnosis, Trump drama yeah. fatigue. Where people like Trump, they were voted for Trump. They thought Trump was their guy, but they're just they just tired of the drama. And yep, you're ab- you're absolutely right. And uh, the swing voters are not going to go for it. And I don't I don't think the Republicans have anyone that they can put forward. I really oh, well. like Ron DeSantis, and I'd like to swing the conversation a little bit that way. I hope he doesn't run. Why? He, why, why? Why would you not want him to run? Well, he just got reelected. If he pulls out of Florida before his term is over, he's going he's gonna to anger some people down there in Florida. But I also think he's going to take such a slaughtering from Trump that he won't win the nomination. He's not going to win the Republican nomination. Well, then you're back um, to Trump. Is the, then you're back to Trump is the nominee. But I would, you know, but but if are. I if I got to wave a wand and say I want a different nominee, and I would say, okay, well, who do you want? De, DeSantis is on my short list. He's on my short list as well. But predicting what how strong Trump is with his base, his base isn't going to put DeSantis forward. Trump owns the Republican base. He owns forty eight percent of the Republicans or. Uh, 40% of the vote, um, and that's just not going to get it done. Well, the, no, 48% of the Well, actually, 48% of the vote will get it done if you do it in the right counties in the right states. But the point, the point, yeah, what you're, the right. point you're trying to make is that you, you can't win an election without your base, but you can't win an election if all you have is your base. Absolutely correct, 100%. That's my that's my concern about Donald Trump. I fear that he is reaching that he is reaching the point that more and more all he has is his base. It's a strong base. It's a vocal base. It's a committed base. They love him. You know, he filled up an arena in, in not far from where I'm sitting in Waco a week before last. Trump is a very very powerful guy. He uh, he has an enormous impact. And there's I don't know of a candidate 
who can fill up on a moment's notice the 17,000-seat arena other than Donald Trump. I get all that about Donald Trump. I'm worried about a friend of mine that lives down the street. I know how he votes, and I know what he said to me. And he mostly votes for Republicans, and he will not vote for Donald Trump. That's my fear. You are you are correct. Um, he won't vote for Trump. Um, and the 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 real kicker: as soon as he announced that he's running, we lost twenty four. I don't, and I'm not going. I'm not going to be that pessimistic. I just can't bring myself to be that pessimistic. <laughs> just not going. Well, if the Republicans either. lose, if the Republicans have lost twenty four, the country has lost. We cannot well, have four more years of what we have now, of, the, of, of what I just played you at the top of this segment, where we have a president who is going to put the, accept no responsibility, has no competence, accepts no responsibility. Who, everything he has touched has turned to you-know-what. And mm-hmm. four more years of that, I just I can't bring myself to believe that's the best we can do. I hope you are absolutely wrong because yeah. I just can't live with you being right. Hey, Scott, I appreciate the call. Okay, thank you. You have a you have a great uh, uh, holiday weekend, a happy Easter. We're back in Texas. Glenn, you're next on uh, Fox Across America. What say you? Okay, Glenn has, Glenn's left us. How about Brian? Brian, you're in Ohio. You're up. What's on your mind? Hey, hey Paul. Uh, first off, Mega did us. Always doing a good job when you're filling in for Jimmy. Well, um, that's nice of you to say. Uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Quite welcome. Uh, what I wanted to uh, just uh, chime in real quick is uh, I'm kind of on on uh, on your uh, line of thinking. Uh, I'm all in on DeSantis for the uh, 24 uh, election. Uh, DeSantis has all the momentum in the Republican Party. Um, if you look at what he did uh, in, in Florida being a purple state, uh, he virtually turned that state uh, in, a, in a short order deep red, uh, bringing a lot of Hispanic voters that typically – as a group, wouldn't normally vote Republican. Uh, and, and, you know, just uh, with all the culture wars and standing up to the media, you're getting a lot of the policy that Trump would, uh, uh, you know, uh, have with all, without the circus that goes along with it. And uh, that's why I think the famous should definitely be the 24 uh, nomination. Well, let's, let's contrast uh, Ron DeSantis with uh, as a nominee versus going back to 2012 and Mitt Romney. What I like about Ron DeSantis and what I like about Donald Trump is when the media does what they do to Republican candidates, Ron DeSantis fights back. Mitt Romney didn't. Mitt Romney stood there looking like Ward Cleaver with a dumb grin on his face, being the ever-gentlemanly gent, and he let us, he let people, we, you and me, who supported him, he let us get run over because he was unwilling to fight. He was unwilling to stand up. That debate where Candy Crowley de-pantsed him in public on a foreign policy debate that he should have crushed Obama in because that was right after the Benghazi debacle. And Mitt Romney should have crushed that debate. And instead, he let himself get run over because he wouldn't stand up for himself, which means he wouldn't stand up for you and me. What I like about Ron DeSantis is, and what I like about Donald Trump, is that he will stand, they will stand up for you and me. I think Ron DeSantis, we've seen him. He stands up to the media. He doesn't take their crap. Good for him. That's what we need. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the media uh, uh, and also even in Trump, they're trying to come up with anything they can get 
on DeSantis to smear him. And all they have is that ridiculous story about the pudding cup that came out last week. Oh, they're going to find they're going to find traffic tickets. They're going to (laughs) find when he tried to cop a feel of Becky in the hallway in high school. They're going to try all that stuff. They're going to. They're, they're, and if they can't find anything, they'll make things up. We, if you don't believe that, look at the Kavanaugh hearing, where the where that. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous. What's what's her name? I've for, fortunately I've forgotten her name. But they just created that out of whole cloth. It just it never happened. Nobody connected to it remembered her or her being there. It never happened. They just made it up, and they'll do it again. They're going to do it to whoever whomever receives the Republican nomination. They will just make things up and you got to have a pretty tough guy to stand up to that and donald trump is a pretty tough guy and that's what made him successful in 2016 i just don't think he's the guy for 2024 absolutely uh you know what trump uh you know did for the country he had a great presidency but uh you know uh we need some a new blood and uh, uh someone uh to energize energize some of the younger voters and to even pull over some of the independent voters, uh, you know, because uh, Trump's not pulling over any independent or any undecided voters in the election. But DeSantis has time and the personality to do it, in my opinion. Well, I appreciate you. I I'm happen to agree with you, Brian. And listen, you're in a, you're in a state that is, uh, you know, there's no, no Republican has ever won the White House without winning your state of Ohio. So, um, your opinion counts in this debate. Appreciate it, Brian. That opens up a line, 888-788-9910. Time for one more. Alex, in the great state of Texas, you're next on Fox Across America. How are you doing, Paul? Uh, Good. I agree I agree a lot of what you say, but I'm, tell you, I'm going to tell you where you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you're like, wrong. so you're like my wife. You're going to tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the wife tells us when we're wrong. Before uh, 100%. I before I say that, last caller... A few callers back, Bruce. God bless Bruce. We're praying for him. I hope he gets better. And I think he forgot. He voted for Trump. He just forgot. <laughs> so anyway, going going back uh, going back to this, Paul, I think you're wrong because, uh, like the last caller said, without the Republican base, we're lost 1,000%. Our only shot is Trump because you say that you're afraid of your neighbor not voting. Okay. But your neighbor, imagine if, all the Trump supporters don't vote. They're not we're gonna... a bigger percentage. Now, listen, we're a bigger percentage than 1%. So you got to be all in, Paul. You're, you're putting these negative thoughts about Trump that he shouldn't be the nominee. He got 75 million votes. You're asking. He, he... Well, let me jump in there. You're asking me to believe that as Trump, if, if Trump is not the nominee, his entire yeah. base will sit out the election. I don't believe that. No. Well, uh, I tell you one thing, we're lost, and I, I, I might not even vote. What, what for? What do you vote for? You're going to lose. The election's already rigged as you, it is. You follow we're, the bill. We're you, lucky. You, 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 follow the, you follow the William Buckley rule. You support the no. most conservative candidate who can I agree. win. And I'll, I'll tell you what, if they beat Trump fair and square, I'm all in for DeSantis. I'm all in for whoever they bring, even Romney, if he would be the nominee. As oh, bad as God. He is. Oh, we, God. Ha- we have to, what I mean. What I mean by that is we have to stick together. That's what I, I agree mean. with we that. Don't. We don't stick together. And and you putting negative thoughts that maybe this he shouldn't do this, he shouldn't do that. That's just that's just that's not helping us, uh, Paul. It really isn't. Well, listen, to, no, how, how, how is 
how is not ha- how is not having a or how is having a vigorous debate about who should be your nominee? How is that not helpful? You got to have that debate. Well, do, do you see the Democrats putting debates about this man? That's oh, they're listen. They are all over. They're all over whether or not they can stand up for for Joe Biden a second time. They're, they're all over there. that. They're not. They're not out there in radio shows putting him down when they should. But they're not out there, Paul. That's the problem. Well, we have to stick together, whoever it is. I agree with you on that. But Trump got seventy-five million votes, and Trump has I don't know what thirty-five, forty-five percent of the base. How are you going to win without Trump? Come on. Oh, well, here he got on. seventy-five. You be smarter than that. He got seventy-five million votes, but he didn't. He didn't get. He did not get forty thousand votes, and that was the difference. The Paul, forty thousand votes. That, the, hold on, let me you finish. Said, the the forty thousand yeah, votes ahead. that go he ahead. the the forty thousand votes that he didn't get in six counties in four states made Joe Biden the president. Paul, you said it yourself. While you're answering your own questions. <laughs> the, the no ID in the mail-in ballots is what cheated. They waited for the last moment to stick everything in, Paul. They waited for the last moment if they needed it, and then they stuck them all in, and they put the corona China virus as an excuse. Yeah, we, and, we, they'll do it, the, and they'll do it again if they have to. They'll, they'll do it they'll, again if they have to. They'll certainly try. And that you know, the thing is you can't fix that on a national basis. You have to fix it on a state-by-state state basis. And to Pennsylvania's credit, they've addressed it. And to Georgia's credit, they've addressed it. And we certainly don't have that problem in Texas. We run clean elections. We knew the results from Texas later that evening. Hey, listen, Alex, I'm, we could uh, – vigorous debate, and I enjoyed it, but I've got to jump because we've got, we've got to play the commercials. Thanks for your call, though. 888-788-9910. Paul Glazer said, in for uh, Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's the deal on Donald Trump and the Democrats and why they are so so viciously attack him. His presidency was a policy success. You can't really argue that he had a a successful uh, policy presidency. So the Democrats are left with nothing but going after him personally. Here's an example. Andrea Mitchell, NBC News, Washington, yesterday talking about uh, Trump's indictment. Cut uh, 19. And it may or may not be coincidental, but both the DA and the judge are people of color or uh, the judge, as Judge Kira was, was ethnically Hispanic, I believe, Latino, and of course the DA is black. So they have certainly become targets of his in any case, and their families. Oh, Trump black. That's the, it's always the race card because it's all they have on Donald Trump. Here's the thing. For all his pitch-perfect policy, Donald Trump clangs loudly and often when he doesn't have to. He has a successful presidency to run on, and he should have. And roll back to the 2020 election. The state of Texas, my state, filed, our our attorney general filed a suit against Georgia and Wisconsin in the Supreme Court, which is the the court of original jurisdiction in in, in matters between the states. That suit was joined by 18 other states, and the the Supreme Court refused to hear it. And when they should have heard it, I think it was a mistake for the Supreme Court to refuse to hear that case, but they did. And when they refused, the election was over, like it or not. 
it was over. And Trump should have recognized that, and he should have done what his vice president recommended that he do, which is leave office gracefully and go on a victory tour and sell the success of the of the Trump administration because you have a hell of a story to tell. And if he had done that, we wouldn't be having this discussion today. And nor would he be under indictment today. If he had just quietly left office, he could have lived to be in the catbird seat to win the nomination in 2024 and then go on to win the presidency. But he chose to continuing to continue relitigating the 2020 election. He shouldn't do that, nor should he, if he's going to be candidate while under indictment, should he be taking a, taking shots at Alvin Bragg or the judge or any of the things that he does. But he does those things, and he turns people off. And that's what worries me about him being the 2024 nominee. So we're going to talk about that. But, hey, listen, coming up, we've got um, the Representative Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin joining us after the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about some of this and some other things. Big, big news in Wisconsin we'll talk about. A lot of things to talk about here on Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here. I hope you'll stick around because we have more of the show coming up, and it's worth you staying. Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon just rocks on here in the middle of hour two on Friday, good Friday before Easter weekend. Uh, sitting in for Jimmy and taking your calls at 888-788-9910. Right now we have Representative Tom Tiffany from the Wisconsin, Wisconsin 7th District, Northwestern Wisconsin, on the line, member of the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for being here. Hey, Paul, it's uh, great to join you. By the way, on April Fool's here in northern Wisconsin, April Fool's Day, we got 18 inches of climate change. Yeah, <laughs> 18 inches of global warming you guys got. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is about the, the thing I've noticed about the about the, the, the climate easters is that it can get un- brutally hot, and they'll say it's climate change. It can get brutally cold. It, it, no, don't make a difference. What happens? It's climate change. Yeah, let me give you a a good example. Back about, so it was like from 2003 to 2010, we had a very dry period here in uh, the upper Great Lakes. Lake Superior was down significantly. Climate change, right? Well, you go back, then 10 years later, the Lake Superior is as full as it's been in a long, long time. Why? Oh, climate change. We, we need to raise taxes. We need to get you. We need to make you drive a car you don't want. We need to tell you what light bulbs to use and how your toilet has to work because we have to save Lake Superior. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I, a number of things, places we could go uh, today. For, uh, first of all, just give us uh, two minutes. Wisconsin just had something happen that's truly amazing. The most expensive campaign for state Supreme Court in history, if I'm reading correctly, what is the story with that? Yeah, so, I, I mean, part of the story here is the Democrats are beating us. And one of the big ways they're beating us is raising money. The coastal elites, are they're pouring money into Wisconsin at this point. The liberal Supreme Court candidate got over 90% of her funding for this campaign from the coastal elites. And so, consequently, um, they got their message out. We didn't. Um, but also abortion is a big issue here in Wisconsin. And, you know, um, 
candidate um, maybe could have been a little bit better. Um, but this is a real concern in Wisconsin at this point, and we're going to need to get our act together as Republicans. And by the way, and it isn't like people are throwing away their values. We had two statewide referendum on the ballot. So our Supreme Court, conservative Supreme Court candidate got beat by 10 points. We had a welfare um, uh, work rather than welfare referendum on the ballot. It got 80 percent of the vote, Paul. It won, it, won by, it won 80-20? Yes. Okay. That that people want, that they want people to work if you're able-bodied, um, not sit on welfare. So these people are voting for a liberal justice for their Supreme Court, but when you ask them about welfare to work or on crime, we had two crime ballot measures also. Those both passed two to one. In other words, let's get tougher on crime. None of this low bail, no bail stuff. The stuff that is conservative that we've been selling, that's passing on a referendum like that. It's clear we need to do a better job as a party um, in terms of getting candidates that can win in these statewide elections. Well, in practical terms, what does having that lefty uh, majority on your state Supreme Court mean for people in Wisconsin? Um, it could mean that our ballot integrity uh, stuff that we've um, put in place over the last decade, like photo ID, when I was in the state legislature 10 years ago, we passed photo ID. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to wipe that out. They'll probably try to redraw the maps here in Wisconsin. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they try to go to abortion on demand uh, with these four lefty justices out of seven. Um, I think it is all up for grabs at this point because you have – uh, four justices now that they believe they can be a super legislature. It could be really bad for the state of Wisconsin. Well, anyway, we need it not to be bad in Wisconsin. Wisconsin was pivotal yeah. in putting Joe Biden into the White House. So that's a big deal. It is a really big deal, and that's why we got to get our stuff together in the next uh, couple of years. You know, one other place, Paul, that we really need to do a better job, Dane County, Madison, um, is the fastest-growing area in Wisconsin, and they're winning down there. Democrats are winning like 80-20. We have to get that to, you know, 23 to 25%, and we're not competing there, and I know – I've made it a personal mission that um, though there are very few Republican elected officials down there, um, uh, we got to go down there and compete. We cannot leave a significant part of the state like Dane County uh, and not compete. And we have to make that commitment and not overlook it. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move to a, to a national arena. You sit on the House Judiciary Committee, Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin. You sit on the House Judiciary Committee with my good friend, personal friend, Nathaniel Moran from Texas. You guys are dealing with something that is manifest again with Alvin Bragg, even though it's not federal, and that is the use of the of the judicial process, the use of lawfare against political opponents and the weaponization of the Department of Justice and the weaponization of, of the law against politicians. What can be done? Yeah, what you're describing is political prosecution born out of political calculation. And they believe by doing what they did with President Trump that it helps them win elections. I mean, that calculus, it's as simple as that. 
And but it is truly the weaponization, and we uh, continue to push back with the Judiciary Committee, led by our Chairman Jim Jordan, and we are subpoenaing these uh, people. Um, uh, Alvin Bragg has made it clear that he is using federal funds in this effort to go after Donald Trump. We are going to call him on the carpet in regards to that. And um, also, I think um, Chairman Jordan has now sent off a subpoena to uh, one of the actors that moved from the Biden administration to the district attorney's office and may be driving this. But I got to tell you, people of all, what I say out here in Wisconsin is that it doesn't matter whether you like or dislike Donald Trump. It is a matter of do you want your judiciary or our political process or our prosecutors to be this involved in going after people because this isn't going to start uh, this isn't going to stop just with Donald Trump. I'll guarantee you there's going to be red state prosecutors at some point are going to say, "Okay, Joe Biden, you're no longer president. We're coming after you." You know, what I said earlier but before you joined us, I said if you are going to indict a former president or if you're going to indict a high-ranking government official, if you are going to do that, your indictment, your charge has to be explainable to a fourth grader. It has to be undeniable. It has to be that where anybody with a sober view can look at it and say, well, you know, you He's my guy, but my gosh, he can't do that. We got you, we can't live with that. It has to be clear cut. And my problem here is Bragg can't even explain his own indictment. And that's going to be a real problem for him. Um, I mean, it is born, as I said earlier, born out of political calculation. And you're seeing um, legal experts across the political spectrum that are going, nah, this is not. Uh, this is not what we want to see happen here in America, and this is it should not be happening in America. But that's what really concerns me. Has the leadership, ha- have the smart people in the Democratic Party decided that we will destroy all institutions in order to hang on to political power? We see this in so many different ways, whether it's our schools, whether it's the law enforcement like the FBI, whether it's a Manhattan district attorney and district attorneys across the country. Are they going to destroy all of the institutions that we've counted on here in America for over 200 years in their effort to have this to have this power that is absolute? And um, we just we have to keep messaging this to the American people and hope that they recognize at some point that let's not tear America completely apart here. Tom Tiffany from the Wisconsin 7th Congressional District, a uh, member of the House Judiciary Committee, is our guest here on Fox Across America. Let me, let me ask you this. In your opinion, is the rot at the Department of Justice and is the rot at the FBI so deep and so perva- per- pervasive that you just have to tear it all apart and start over. It may be. You know, Paul, you probably know the FBI is going to build a new building, and I guess it's going to be bigger than the Pentagon. Um, We should put a stop to that immediately because uh, we certainly do not need an FBI that is that big. But, yeah, the rod is so deep out in Washington, Um, D.C. 
I think we almost have to start over. I mean, we're going to get that question before us in regards to uh, FISA and the Fisk Court, uh, the Foreign Intelligence Service Court. Um, are we going to keep that? Because it's up for reauthorization. And boy, can we even trust it anymore after what they did to then President Trump during his presidency? You know, I supported the Patriot Act. I was a supporter of President George W. Bush. Actually, ascend, attend the same church with him, know him personally, respect the man as an individual. He's a decent man. I supported the Patriot Act uh, in the wake of 9-11 and the horror, but I now regret having supported that because I see that government did with it what government does, which is to take power over people and abuse it. Do you agree? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, that ultimately is, I mean, Paul, that that's the that's the the debate and that's the challenge um here for america can we keep a free america at this point i just read a very good article that popped up the other day and i can't even remember where it was on but wrote about how when richard nixon was trying to take on he saw through the 60s how weaponized the fbi uh cia especially and the some of the intelligence agencies how powerful they were becoming and he tried to take them on and they took him out. And that's how dangerous it is at this point for the American people. And I think the American people sense there's something wrong. They're just not sure what the answers are. And uh, that's what we're trying to get to the uh, bottom of here with the Judiciary Committee is call out those bad actors. Let's get to the politics of doing that. First of all, we get, given what a screwed up mess things were in November of last year, the, the received wisdom was there was going to be a red wave. We were going to, people were disgusted. They were fed up. They saw the, the Afghanistan debacle, rising inflation, rising gasoline prices, the whole thing. It was going to sweep the Democrats into the dustbin and the Republicans would have full control of the, of the Congress. Didn't happen. Why? Uh, so first of all, uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, which we wish we had a greater majority, but we do have a majority now, and we've added seats the last two elections, whereas um, um, the Senate has not. So we are making some progress in that regard. Um, I would say I think some of the candidates, some of the candidate recruitment we've had, I mean, we've just seen um, they've just fallen off the cliff when it comes election time. And, you know, unfortunately, um, the Democrats are using President Trump at this point. They believe that if they just bring up President Trump, that they'll turn off enough people that they will be able to win. And while certainly not fair, certainly not accurate, I think they've made this choice that any time that there's an election, we're going to elevate Donald Trump's profile, and that will get That'll just raise the intensity for our voters higher and higher, and we get them out to vote. And that's why we really got to stick to the issues and try to drive that home. But I think part of it, um, there's uh, in some places, we need to get better candidates that are going to uh, be able to message, not change their political philosophy, but be able to message that political philosophy um, accurately. All right. The first half of the show today has been is centered around the debate. Uh, given all of what swirls around Donald Trump, is he the best possible nominee 
for the uh, Republican Party for president in 2024. Is Donald Trump an asset to the Republican cause, or is he a net liability? You want to weigh in on that? Um, I believe that he. I believe that he is an asset, and um, um, he has to make sure that he messages to the American people on policy. I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure he will. I'm not sure he can contain himself. That's my fear. I mean, ultimately, what's going to happen? I mean, it, I'm very consistent in this. I do not. I do will not endorse in this race. Um, this is up to the American people, and um, whoever is running, including. Uh, former President Trump, they're going to have to talk about policy because that is one thing Republicans are good about is that we want to know where people stand on policy. And I think that's what's going to drive this, and I think it's going to be good for America. So regardless of who you are that are deciding to run for president, you better have your policy uh, chops sharpened and be ready to talk to Republicans because that's how they're going to make their decision in this primary. I just wish more people would vote policy over personality because you have a big bunch of people there in the mushy middle that are more inclined than they should be to vote personality over policy. um, I make that argument all the time. And and, and that's where President Trump is going to have to, um, he's gonna have to be really good about his messaging is that if it is um, just about personality, as you said, there's people in the middle that um, they're just not going to come around. It's got to be they, about policy. They just, they just can't make themselves do it. Representative Tom Tiffany from the great Wisconsin 7th House District. Uh, Congressman, I appreciate it. Have a happy Easter weekend, and thanks for being a part of the program. Happy Easter to you and all your listeners, Paul. All right. Thanks a lot. Tom Tiffany, there he goes. Paul Glasser here for Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. More after the uh, after the break. Stay with us. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. According to Politico, Joe Biden's advisors view Trump as the most beatable GOP nominee, and they are increasingly confident that he'll win the 2024 Republican nomination. So says Politico. What say you? Paul Gleiser sitting in for uh, Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. We'll talk about that some more after the top of the hour. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. I want to know what you think about what Joe Biden's camp is saying, that they want Donald Trump as the nominee because they think he would be the one that is easiest to beat. If that is true, it should scare the living hell out of you. You do not want the Biden campaign to win a second term for this disastrously bad president. It, the mind simply boggles. And I asked people who voted for Biden, I said, point to something that he's done that's gone well. Oh, well, he's not like Trump. Oh, well, uh, the, the we, um, well, he, you know, he's not a, he's not racist. I mean, you, they can't point to anything where you say, well, that's gone extremely well because nothing, nothing in this administration has gone well, starting with 
Early on in his administration, the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, and it goes from there. And gas costs more, and eggs cost more, and bread costs more, and everything costs more. And inflation is really hurting people who live on, who are, who are what we call the working class. So what's gone well? Let's air all that out. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon. Third hour's coming up. Stay there. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, oh, yes, it is. It's Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon from the great state of Texas. And I want to hear from you this half hour, 888-788-9910. We've been talking pretty much all the way through the show about whither goest Donald Trump after this incredible week in which a sitting well, a, a brother, a former president of the United States, indicted under a felony criminal indictment for the first time in a 248-year history of the United States, absolutely crosses a Rubicon. The weaponization of of the law against political opponents. What does that mean for the republic? What does it mean for the Trump candidacy? And given all that goes on that seems to always go on, on around Donald Trump, is he the person that the Republican Party needs in 2024 in order to defeat Joe Biden or whomever else the Democrats might want to put up? And you, it, it, it's an open, not even a secret, you can't call it an open secret, most Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee. They may be stuck with him, but they don't want him to be. But So whoever runs on the Democratic ticket, is is Donald Trump the guy to beat that person, him or her, or do we want somebody else, Ron DeSantis or somebody else? The electability of Donald Trump, given the drama, given Trump drama fatigue, as I have called it, is Donald Trump the guy? 888 9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I'm inviting you, by the way, to follow me on my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind. You say what's on yours. That's why we named it what we named it. You tell me. What are you thinking? Youtellmetexas.com. Meanwhile, it's back to the phones. You tell me on the phone what you're thinking. Patrick in Arkansas, it's your chance next here on Fox Across America. Patrick, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, good day to you, sir. Uh, hey there. I'm here. You there? Yeah, go. You're, it's all the floor is yours, Patrick. Uh, yes, sir. I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I've been listening to Fox News and all you guys since uh, Rush Sunball days. In fact, my parents were listening to him when we were growing up. So uh, thank you guys for what you do. Absolutely. Uh, it may be a silly question, but wouldn't, wouldn't – uh, I'm sorry, I'm at work. Would it be a good idea if uh, Trump – became a running mate for DeSantis, wouldn't that be a good punch in a bill lineup? Never happened. There's no way in the world that, no way in the world Donald Trump could be a number two anything. There's no way, you know, the, the, the vice president's job is largely to wake up every morning and ascertain the good health of the president and then go cut a ribbon or go to a funeral. And there's no way well, in the yeah, world I, you're going to put no way in the world you're going to put Donald Trump in that role. You'll never. I, I understood that, and I uh, and I had a I had thought that you know it'd be hard to get him to be a number two, but I just thought that it it would check all the boxes. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be like that would happen. It wouldn't be hard. It would be impossible to get him to do mm-hmm. that. 
just yeah. n- never would happen. But does that not speak, Patrick, to some hesitancy on your part to support Donald Trump at the top of the ticket? Yes or no? Well, uh, there wasn't hesitancy. <laughs> wow. Until I listened to what you said, what you pointed out more than once today, uh, it, it's a very good point. I mean, a lot of us are still behind Trump, but as you pointed out, there is that the middle uh, section that has, you know, they've heard too much from Trump, seen too much from Trump. But, you know, I, I, we still believe that he was too good as a president. Just toss him away. So, well, there's, there's, some, go that. there's some scary math, you know, and, I, and I'm going to say it again in case you missed it and in case people are just now joining us. No, I, jo- I understood your math, but go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm going I'm to re, restate it for people who are just now getting on board. The 2020 election was decided by 40,000 votes out of 155 million cast, less than three-tenths of 1% of the total votes cast in the country. It came down to 40,000 votes over six counties in four states. So the margins are razor thin. And you can't afford to lose many of those mushy-in-the-middle voters because for whatever reason, because they can't stomach his personality, because they vote personality over policy, which a lot of people do, you can't afford to lose too many of those votes. You lose the election. That is my only concern about Donald Trump, is that he has he is distasteful to too many of the people in the middle. That's my concern. I'm a Trump sure. policy guy all the way down the line, except for I do fault him for not addressing uh, the grotesque overspending of the federal government. He never addressed that, and he should have. That's my gripe with Donald Trump on a policy, uh, from a policy yeah. perspective. Yeah. Well, I, that's it's an open question, but it, it, it looks to me like if all if, if I think if you held the if you held all the primaries, the state primaries today, he would clearly be the nominee, and. I'm not, I'm not sure, but what that's not a little scary. Patrick, I appreciate your call. Have a great and um, and safe uh, Easter weekend. Blake in Texas, you're next on uh, Fox Across America. What do you think about all of this? I think, Paul, uh, Paul, I think that Trump is going to take that swing vote because people really appreciate somebody that has levity and can speak into the vacuum of silence about the common sense issues that we face. And he, when he, he might be a bit sophomoric in his addresses, like the uh, elements of horse face being, people realize that it's an allegory to being long in the face. When, when a person's long in the face, it doesn't, he's not making fun of their, their physical attributes. What he's making fun of is the fact that they're stupefied. They are long in the face. Well. And he, he employs a lot of humor that goes over people's heads that they misinterpret. But he would be the first. Trump would be the first guy to point out the the fact that uh, Good Friday is a bad day. Mankind's savior was lost and, and dead. But Trump would be the first person to remind us that he'd promised his disciples that they would see him in a in a, in, in a future day in his glory. And he left us with that promise. And Trump evokes that kind of promise with the voters that he's going to go ahead and tackle these issues. And he's the Trump is the tip of the spear for spear for conservatism. Yeah, I understand that, Blake. Like but, I understand that. But let me push back on you a little bit. He okay. is the tip of the spear, and he is that person to his committed base. 
But the problem with that, Blake, is you can't win without your base. But you can't win if all you have is your base. Well, he'll bring those swing voters in because Trump speaks into that that vacuum of silence where nobody's saying anything because uh, the fools rush in where wise men fear to tread. But okay. if wise men are feared to tread, then, then then nothing gets done, and we're stuck in the same situation over and over again. Okay, let me let me push back one more. Trump's endorsees in the 2022 midterms didn't do all that well. The people that the the candidates that Trump endorsed did Trump's Trump's endorsees did not have a great night by and large on election night in 2022. So, again, I say to you, is that not a warning flag about the electability in a general election, not a primary in a general election about Donald Trump? Does that not cause you concern? Does me really because endorsees are not Trump. That was not Trump. He might have been favored for that candidate, but it's got to be the person that the people see that they want to elect. And we see Trump. He's very vocal, and he's not afraid to make his views known, and his policies are really good. You know, he kept us on, on a path of peace for four years, and in two years' time, we're looking at World War Three. We yeah, well, listen, you know, you, you'll, get, you'll get no argument from me on policy, Blake. I totally agree with you on that. I'm worried. I'm worried about people that, that I know personally. I know uh, th- that are nominally inclined to vote for the Republican and yet will not vote for Trump. I say that they've got to grow up and they've got to get. But if a they don't, we, but if the, you. you that's Sometimes theoretical, Blake. Blake, you say no, they got to do it. But if, but if they don't, then the, then we lose the White House in 2024. Well, then it, we got a big job ahead of us because we got to start educating a lot of people pretty quick, or we got to we got to figure out how to make those voting machines secure so they can't stuff them with mail-in ballots. Because that's well, what I, happens. That, that's a that's a separate talk show, and I agree with you on that. And there were a whole lot of problems in the 2020 election attendant to rules that got rewritten at the last minute due to COVID. Blake, appreciate your call. Joe in Michigan. So what do you say? Where do you stand on all of this? Well, you've said a lot since I dialed the phone. So uh, first thing is I'm, I'm going to disagree with something you said that um, – they're only, and I'm paraphrasing what you said, they're only going after Trump because of what he did on January 6th. I just completely disagree. Oh, it I didn't say that. If, a, if, you thought, if you thought I said that, I didn't say they're going out. They're going after Trump for a long list of reasons, not the least of which is he's called them out okay. for being who they are. I mean, he, he has he, he walked into the room like you like your parents showing up. You didn't expect them to. They thought that you thought they were out of town. You're having the you're. You're doing what you shouldn't be doing at home. They walk in, throw, snap the lights on. Everybody can see. That's what Trump did. Right. Sure. He's shown a light yeah, no, onto, okay. the, onto the total corruption of Washington D.C. Republican and Democrat. Trump walked right. in and 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 just opened up the windows and let the let the light stream in. And sure. he was he's being punished for it. Right. And and that and then the other thing is as far as uh and you've pointed this out in my mind there's always 30 percent that will always vote democrat there's 30 percent that will always vote republican so we really not that we don't care but those aren't the important voters there's 40 percent in the middle and you got to get half of them Uh, there are so many things 
um, that that will change and impact the election. It's, it's like trying to forecast the weather, you know, two weeks, three weeks, or a month out, whatever. It's very difficult to do. I think there is not enough credit being given to how much the young abortion voters had an impact on these midterm elections. And similarly, I don't think anyone right now can accurately predict what the impact of these indictments that were handed down last week is going to be. I know a lot of folks that are the opposite of what you've been quoting, which I also have friends that say I can't vote for Trump because they don't think he can win. They don't think he's the right guy, whatever. There are a lot of Democrats, liberals that I personally know that have said this is too far. This is obviously too far, and they're starting to wake up. Is that enough? I don't know. I personally well, yeah, I told but... your call screener. Go ahead. No, no, finish that thought. Finish that thought. I, I, what I told your call screener was in a perfect world, in my mind, would be Donald Trump deciding it's just not worth the headache in the later years of his life. And he gives Mr. DeSantis a call and says, I've had enough. If you run, I'll back you and support oh. you. But that's not going to happen. I think but I know it's not going to happen, world. but I tell you what, it would assure uh, GOP victory 100%. in 2024. It would absolutely seal the need, deal. Yes, and, and people do need to realize that the ability of the candidate to win in this election cannot be understated. It is the most important thing. It really doesn't matter so much if Trump can't win. I just don't know. If you talked to me two weeks ago, I would have said there's no way he can win. But after those indictments came down, it's a hell of a lot closer than it was. Yeah, gentlemen, before I let you go, I'm going to say you, you, you touched on something. I want to finish the thought, and that is one of the good things that has come out of this indictment, if anything good has come out of it, one good thing is that they're out in the open. A lot of people are seeing just how corrupt the left has become. It has, the scales have fallen from some eyes that I personally know. They're out in the yes. open. They can't deny who they are as a result of this completely bogus use of, uh, of, of the law against a political opponent. Lawfare, it's called. A lot of people are seeing the, seeing the left for what it truly is for the first time, and that can only be a good thing. Hey, listen, great call, Joe. I appreciate it, and uh, happy Easter to you. More of uh, Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in here on uh, on this Good Friday. The show continues after this. Stay with us. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Fox Across America, Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy returns on Monday. It's you and me till the top of the hour talking about what what of Donald Trump and what what are we going to do going forward. Uh, next up is Cat in California. You're up on, the, on Fox Across America. Cat, what's on your mind? Good morning, Paul. Happy Good Friday. Happy Easter to everybody. You too. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I have a lot going through my mind, but um, yes. We are going to have to come together as one nation. That's that's all there is to it. Um, when it comes to Donald Trump, he is going to have to uh, get these never Trumpers 
and these uh, Trump derangement people that have been polluted their minds by the liberal Democrats out there. Um, he has well, you, you live them. in the, you live in the in like one of the hottest places for for polluted minds in the world. You live yeah. in California. Yeah. Yes, I have come up against family and friends. Yes. Where in California? Cat, where in California do you live? San Diego. Well, that's not Born as and bad. Raised. Not as Born bad as some places. Not as bad as some places in California. Yeah, San Francisco. Forget it. L.A. Forget it. You know. I, I mean, you understand. Just go down the line. Yeah. But, but okay, but so, but Cat, here's my concern. Again, I mm-hmm. I get into this debate with people in my circle all the time. They think, well, look at all of what. How can you not want Trump? Look at all of what he did. I don't deny all of what he did. I. I thought he had a Not tremendously me. successful policy presidency. Yep. I'm just worried about him given all the drama that surrounds him and given all that's going on, I worry about his electability in 2024. Nine ye- you know, 9 years after he first uh, uh, came down the escalator. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's going to have to if he gets a nomination, it's going to be He's going to have to change a lot of his rhetoric that comes across to the Democratic Party. We under, I understand why this all happened, why they started attacking him. Well, yeah, he st- they started attacking him because well because yeah. he because he called him out. He yep, actually he, he actually caused people to see just how badly the Washington establishment has been screwing us. For the past nearly four decades. Yeah, he did. He called them out, and they were going to come after him because he literally took their power. He was fixing generational problems that generations of both sides have just sat on their hands over. I, I they think sat he, on their hands. I agree. And, and, and what well, I say, he sat on their hands. The you know, Republicans and Democrats in the establishment, both parties, they have gotten rich. They have personally profited yeah. from a corrupt system they are loath to they are loath to let it go and they're not going to give up without a fight you got to have a really tough guy in this in the chair doing that i totally buy that my question is can you get the guy in the chair cat up against a break here at the uh, bottom of the hour that's a hard break so don't have any room on it you have yourself a really really happy easter thanks for being part of the program Ashley Moody, Florida AG, joins us uh, in the next half hour here on Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, um, and we have a half hour of the show coming up. You want to be here. Don't go away. The home stretch of Fox Across America here on Good Friday up to Easter. By the way, happy Passover to those of you who celebrate Passover. Here on this uh, Easter weekend, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. We have on the line, we have Ashley Moody, the Attorney General from the great and very prosperous state and rival state of Texas. Uh, Ashley Moody, the Attorney General. Welcome, uh, General. Glad to have you on the program. Well, thank you so much. And I wouldn't call it rival state. I'd say sister state. That's well, okay. Uh, listen, we are certainly kindred kindred spirit states. We say I say rival. You know, we in Texas got used to being the preeminent state in the country for right thinking and for prosperity and all those things. And along comes an, an absolutely surging Florida 
under the leadership that you have there. Florida well, has become you know, a, a bright spot on the map. Well, we, we like to call it the Florida way, and we're really proud about what we've been able to accomplish here in Florida in terms of protecting people's rights, uh, their safety, and, and really the autonomy of Florida, the sovereignty of Florida. As you know, you're, the leaders in Texas and other states are, are trying very hard right now to push Washington out of our business and about uh, things that should be left up to the states. And it's taken up a lot of time of your attorneys general around the nation uh, pushing back on some of this incredibly radical policies crammed down out of Washington. Well, there's so many things you and I could talk about and so little time. So let's just do what we can with what with the time that we have. So the during the 2020 campaign and during Trump's um, presidency, uh, Democrats accused Donald Trump of putting illegal immigrant children in cages. They're putting them in cages. Now we have, according to something that I know that is on your mind, the Biden administration can't even find them, that we lost track of, of illegal immigrant children, and you're on the front line of that. Talk to us. Oh, it's so much worse than that. When we saw the unprecedented breakdown of safety, security, any type of enforcement of federal immigration law at the border, we started seeing drastic increases in our fentanyl overdoses and, and so many other types of crime as a result of that. And what, we, what Governor DeSantis noticed immediately was that the Biden administration, through their policies, was not only encouraging more and more surges at our border, but they were illegally ushering in and transporting people all over the nation to include very young children. And Governor DeSantis wanted to know, and so he asked the Supreme Court to impanel a grand jury here in Florida, who were supporting these transnational criminal organizations that are helping facilitate the smuggling of children into our country? And then, and then placing them all over the country and in Florida. He wanted to know who was aiding and abetting this activity. And what the grand jury found was unconscionable. It was horrifying to, to parents and certainly as the attorney general and law enforcement as they read this. They have lost track of tens of thousands of children in fact, the administration put so much pressure on the relocation of these illegal migrant children that there is no vetting. In fact, they've been placed with people they don't know. They have been under constant threat. In many cases, they have been sexually abused or pimped out by people that um, are, are supposed to be in some way related to them. Many times the children don't even know the people that they're placed with. The addresses that are given for their placement are, have even been strip clubs. So this is indeed, and as the grand jury found, this is the in, indeed facilitating the trafficking of children. It's horrifying. I cannot believe more outlets have, have latched onto this and demanded an end to this and some accountability from this administration. But when we have, I have used that term trafficker in chief, out of our White House right now, Biden, as it relates to fentanyl and, and helping the cartels. But certainly never did I imagine we would have a grand jury report such as this that would indicate that he is indeed helping, through his policies, facilitate the abuse of children. 
It has been Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody's with us. It has become a cliche to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. If that were happening under President Trump or a President DeSantis or a President Republican anybody, the media would be all over it. Well, I'm just so grateful we had leadership here in Florida to recognize, look, we've got to drill down on this. This, What is going on? You know, when it first came to our attention, Paul, is when the folks were picking up, midnight flights were happening with no coordination with the state, folks being transported that were here illegally all over the United States by Biden Express. And we had one of those that was transported here to Florida, supposedly a minor was not a minor, and killed a father of four after they transported him here. You know, we knew we needed to dig in what was going on. They are not communicating or coordinating with state authorities when they are doing this. And the American public has no idea. People, we're talking about human trafficking every day. I chair the Human Trafficking Council here in Florida. We're trying so hard to end it in our country. Meanwhile, we have an administration with policies that are actually facilitating trafficking of children. That is not my words. Those are the words of a grand jury. Uh, we still have you there, General? Yes, I'm with you. Oh, there you are. Okay, you broke you broke up just a little bit. We got you back. Okay. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this. I know that our, I'm talking to you from Texas. Our Attorney General here in Texas, Ken Paxton, has multiple lawsuits pending against this administration. How many do you have? Oh, we have numerous pending and and more to come. So please pay attention. In fact, one of the first actions that we brought was one month into this administration when our sheriffs were telling us that the Biden administration was telling them now to release those that were here legally committing crimes back into our communities because they were going to stop doing what every president administration prior to on both sides of the aisle had done, and that is deport those here legally committing crimes against our citizens. They started tell- canceling detainers, telling sheriffs they weren't going to deport folks. So we immediately brought suit. And you may remember we just had the first trial where a judge came back and ruled in Florida's favor, where we challenged catch and release. And the judge said Biden and Mayorkas are failing to follow federal law. They've turned the border into nothing more than a line in the sand. It is unbelievable, the abdication of any sort of responsibility or or attention to what is happening at this border by this president. And I think it is an abdication of one of the first priorities of any leader of any country. Uh, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. So, Ashley, we have been talking to the program leading up to now, pretty much the whole show. We're talking about the, the Donald Trump indictment in, in New York and what that means legally. And really more, we've been really dwelling on what does it mean politically. Uh, I'm going to throw something out and see if you agree or disagree, if you want to talk about it at all. I said back back in in 2020, in the in the wake of the 2020 election, when our AG Ken Paxton filed a lawsuit against uh, Georgia and Wisconsin and others, um, a, a, a suit that you joined that the Supreme Court refused to hear, 
it was my contention that when that when the Supreme Court turned that case down, which I don't think they should have done, that the election was effectively over and Trump needed to gracefully withdraw and live to fight another day. But tell us about that suit. So there was a suit by one state against others. And so you'll remember that is a, a monumental uh, type of action, one that the Constitution and our founding fathers thought merited uh, jurisdiction at the Supreme Court level. I mean, that that makes sense. That's what is directed. And so what you saw states um, present arguments on in terms of jurisdiction was that, look, our Constitution is pretty clear. When there is a legal matter brought by one state against another, the Supreme Court should take jurisdiction. Yes. It was that important to our founding fathers. This is a case of such uh, monumental implications where you have one uh, state bringing suit against another's. You know, it was important, many of us thought, for the Supreme Court to take jurisdiction. You know, and it should be noted that there were Supreme Court justices that agreed with that and said, yes, in these instances, in this particular instance, the Supreme Court should take jurisdiction. It's the now, court, of, those, court of original jurisdiction on a dispute between the states. Absolutely. And, and you know, people lose, lose sight of that fact that, you know, there were justices on the Supreme Court that said, you know, if you read the plain text of what was anticipated when these types of matters take place, the Supreme Court takes jurisdiction. So the, the, this, when the Supreme Court declined that, you know, I think for many, many people, I remember exactly where I was, where I was standing. I, I thought that was an incredible moment in the history of our nation because for something that important, for something that truly affects every state in the nation, you know, that election is the only election, the president by president, that affects every single state. And so I thought it was very important. I thought it would have such lasting implications and significance for, you know, moving forward uh, as we proceed in elections here out. And so I, you know, I think for many people, including myself, uh, we remember exactly where we were when they did not take jurisdiction and, um, you know, Texas was not allowed to move forward and not proceeding at that time. Well, Attorney General Ashley Moody, let me ask you this. Given the fact that the, as a result of the, of the Supreme Court not hearing that case, we will the, the, the grievance that drove it, which is to say the, the last minute and arguably unconstitutional changing of voting laws in states was never adjudicated. And as a consequence, Joe Biden became the undisputed president of the United States. We have an election coming up. There's a reckoning every four years. You happen to be in an incredibly interesting position. You are a very, very vocal supporter of Donald Trump. You serve in an administration by a guy with clear presidential timber in the form of Ron DeSantis. There's going to be, it seems to me, there's going to be a clash in the primary. How do you see that playing out? Well, you know, I think... Donald Trump and and Governor DeSantis share many of the same qualities in the sense that uh, they see things that are wrong and they they both are are tenacious in trying to do what's best uh, for this country. Um, I I think that that the country itself 
will be strong, will come out from all of this uh, a stronger nation because people are paying attention. Um, I can tell you, and of course, I have always, I am a former federal prosecutor, a former judge, a, a, you know, a lawyer. I have always been very um, focused on our institutions and the rule of law. Um, but I can tell you, I have watched others around me that never paid attention to um, the importance of of the structures in this nation and the importance that people remember that our government is merely by and for the people. It is not an institution of itself um, that passes down orders on the people. People decide what the law is. People uh, are what make up this government. And I think people are paying attention like they never have before. And the reason why you see such fervor and support for um, these gentlemen is because they see people fighting for those ideals that this country was founded on. Uh, that is a strong rule of law. That is a separation of powers. That is states' rights. You know, again, I go back to how we started, Paul. We have to remember that our states have the ability to lead themselves. And for those things that aren't specifically set out in the Constitution, all those rights and powers are reserved to the state. All of that is so important. That's why Florida's been so successful, because we've been able to fight for our right to lead how we want to here in our great state, as your leaders there in Texas are going to continue to do. So uh, I think uh, in the long run, the fact that people are paying attention and going back to the original ideas and principles of this country, in the long run, it will make our country stronger for it. Let me ask you, the minute that we have left, we've got just a minute left, the indictment of Trump. You're a former prosecutor. I read the 16-page indictment. <clears throat> I am not a prosecutor. I'm not a lawyer. But the two things that I, that I see as a problem, number one, um, state lack of jurisdiction because what they raise is they, they're really relying on federal campaign finance law. And number two, lack of specificity. What is the crime? What do you say? Well, I think that was abundantly clear when Alvin Bragg was facing really pertinent questions right after the indictment. Someone said, you know, it looks, it looks here like uh, you're trying to allege they were trying to cover up another crime. And what, what would that be? And they're like, well, we don't have to tell you. We don't have to put that in there right now. I mean, presumably they're trying to uh, take what would be a misdemeanor. Uh, and turn it into a felony so that they can actually have a case. Well, it seems like they're trying to take one. It seems like they're trying to take one misdemeanor and, and break it up into thirty-four parts and call well, them all using, felonies. Using every single document they can think of, right? Uh, you know, I really think this was so that they could get around the statute of limitations. This is very, um, very old allegations. They have a date problem, and um, you know. I've said it before. Uh, this is these. This is a this is an indictment that I think uh, is is very politically motivated. I think any ob objective person can see that the way they're trying to stretch the law. I've said it looks like they're trying to play twister with the law to win a partisan game. Uh, you know, this these are the kinds of things that people are paying attention to. This is not. This is not why um, we have set up an executive branch and executive offices uh, to go after people for, for political reasons and agendas. You know, executive officers are unbiasedly supposed to follow the law. Um, and I think people are very suspect of this prosecutor and what he is trying to achieve here. 
I agree, and we're going to see how that plays out, but he's going to want it to play out as slowly as possible because you want to stretch it out over the entirety of the election year. Ashley Moody, Attorney General in Florida, we're up against the clock. Thanks for your time. Happy Easter, and uh, and uh, make it a great weekend, and thanks for joining us. Great to be with you. Happy Easter. You too. There goes Ashley Moody. Here we go. More after the break. Don't go away. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I believe that Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody is right. People are starting to notice. She reminded me of one of my favorite quotes. It says, it is to me a new and consolatory proof that whenever the people are well informed, they can be trusted with their own government. And whenever things get so far wrong as to attract their notice, they may be relied on to set them to rights. So said Thomas Jefferson in January of 1789. That's as true today as it was then. We do live in the greatest country in the world, and people are noticing. And I believe that things will get set to rights. But it's worth having the debates, and it's it, it's worth engaging in these discussions. And I greatly appreciate the fact that you have spent so much time engaging in that discussion with me today. It's Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will return on Monday. I wish you in this Easter season a rebirth and a resurrection of your faith in America. And I wish you time with friends and family, and I wish you the very best for the coming weekend. And I wish you um, the safety and health and prosperity. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. It has been my pleasure. See you next time. Make it a great weekend. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.